you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. Now, I want to go straight to the Word. Can we go to the Word? Because of time. Today's anointing service. I'm starting a series of teaching, a two-part teaching on operating in the courthouse of God. How to operate in the courthouse of God. I want to start it this Sunday. I shall finish it next Sunday. I'll be going to Mombasa, but I'll come back in time for service. How to operate in the courthouse of God. How to operate in the courthouse of God. Feel quite a bit of anointing. Strictly speaking, I want to mention two things. One, when you pray and you worship God, we normally consider that the presence of God comes. This is true in a manner because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. But in reality, what happens is we are drawn, we are lifted to his presence. He's not the one who comes down. We are the ones who are sent to go up. We join the angels in heaven who are worshipping him. So when the presence of God starts to fill the building, it's not like God has left heaven and come down. No, it is really it's us who have been lifted to where God is. God never moves from his throne. So when you say, I feel the anointing, I feel the presence of God, I feel the glory of God here. It's not that the glory of God has now left heaven and come down. No, it is you who has been put there. Jesus told John, come up hither. Come up hither. I saw a door opened in the heaven. And the angel said, come up hither. So we are the ones who go up. He's not the ones who, come, who comes down. That is number one. Number two. Also, strictly speaking, the Bible really is not um, a religious book. I've said this before. The Bible is a legal book. Is what? Good morning. Am I the one who is called or are you the one? <laughs> so the Bible is a legal book. It's called the book of the law. It's a book of what? It's a book that contains laws. 
The Bible is the book of the law. God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law. So the Bible is a book and it contains laws. <clears throat> Which laws? Spiritual laws. Laws of the spirit. The Bible contains laws that show you how to operate. One, in the spirit. Two, as a spirit. It shows you how to operate. One, in the spirit. Two, as a spirit. So there are laws in the spirit. Just like there are natural laws, there are spiritual laws. You know a few natural laws? One is the law of, say the law of gravity. This is a natural law. The law of gravity is a natural law. So the law of gravity will affect you even if you don't understand that there's a law of gravity. The law of gravity affects even the uneducated people who don't understand that there's even a gravity. But they are affected. Because it is a natural law. Say so here. Natural laws affect people naturally. There's a law of gravity. There's another law called a law of friction. A law of what? Car brakes work because there's a law of friction. So you can break a car which is moving using the law of friction. If you don't understand the law of friction, you can't use it to your benefit. There's a law of thermodynamics. There are laws of motion. You did it in physics. Newton's first law of motion. Newton's second law of motion. There's another law called law of entropy. Law of entropy says everything will continue to break down. Rotting is brought about by law of entropy. When you put a fruit there, it will not remain there the same. When you come after two weeks, you find the law of entropy has worked on it. It's beginning to rot. Say, understand. <coughs> There's the law of lift. The law of what? Lift. So even though there's the law of gravity, we still have airplanes. Is that okay? We have what? Even though we have the law of gravity. It means if you know the law of gravity, but you also know the law of lift. The law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. So if you don't want gravity to affect you, you apply the law of lift. So when a plane moves, and there's a wings to of a certain length, and the wind is moving you on top of the play or the wing, the other one on the bottom of the wing, and which I what and what, and the thing lifts up. So when there used to be too much turbulences, I went and checked how does the plane keep in the air? I checked so long as the engine is running, the thing cannot collapse. I say, okay, I'm okay, I'm cool. So if there's too much turbulence, I listen, is the engine okay? Ah, we are good. Why? Because so long as the engine is okay, the wind is moving. So long as the wind is moving, the law of lift in the place. 
So whatever turbulence is happening, you cannot go down. Say here. Say here. Like if you hear the engine go, you must start interceding very hard. Because chances are there's somebody arranging a meeting between you and your maker. And trying to force you to attend this meeting. Say so understand. So the same way there are natural laws. There are spiritual laws. There are spiritual laws. The Bible is a book that contains spiritual laws. And preaching like this is designed to help you understand how to operate the spiritual laws so that you can be able to have effect in the spirit and as a spirit. Can we welcome the man of God? And his lovely wife. Welcome. The Bible is designed to help you understand how to operate in the spirit and us as spirit. Say, I am a spirit. Uh, look at somebody say, you look like a spirit. <laughs> The way you're looking, you look like a spirit. Some spirits are darker than others, eh? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So you are a spirit, but your body is a physical body. Is that okay? So your body will operate according to natural laws. If your body jumps up, the gravity will affect it. It will come down. See, I understand. But the Bible is a spiritual book. So it's a book of laws that allows you to operate spiritually as a spirit. The Bible is not designed for your flesh. It's designed for your spirit. Say, spirit. Say, I am a spirit. So it's a book of laws. Which means it is a legal book. Anything to do with the laws is a legal thing. So the Bible is a legal book. It's a book of legalities. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But if the Bible is the book of the law, and laws are only talked about in courts, listen, there are two places where laws are talked about. The first place is where? Hey, good morning. Where do we talk about laws? Number one? The court. Number two, the National Assembly. Is that okay? So the Bible also tells us, because we are talking about laws, we must go where? 
to the court. Where must we go? Where must we go? So the Bible says, come into his courts with? Come into his? With? So the entry into the court is what? The entry into the court is what? What is the certificate, the, the password? Say thanksgiving. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Psalm 100 verse 4. That's why when we come here, we have praise and why? This is how we knock the door. And the door of the courts are open. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Because the Bible is the book of the law, it is executed in the court. And in the court, what do you find there? What do you find there? Who is the judge in this case? Do you know God is a judge? The Bible says God is called the judge of all the earth. So God sits in his court as what? He sits in his court as what? A judge. What else do you find in court? What else do you find in court? Good. Who is our advocate? The Bible says when we sin, we have what? An advocate with the Father. What is an advocate? What is another name for an advocate? A lawyer. So we have a lawyer in heaven. His name is? We have a lawyer in heaven. Why? Because that heavenly place is a court. So this week and next week we are going to see how do you go to court, present your case, and have judgment executed in your favor. Am I talking? We have a lawyer. His name is who? Jesus. The Bible calls him Jesus Christ the righteous. My little children, 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. These things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. So when you go before the Father, or when you are summoned because you have sinned, you have an advocate. Why would you go before the Father because you have sinned? Because somebody has accused you. In court, they're also the accuser. In court, there's also somebody who's accusing you. The word Satan means what? Accuser of the brethren. Satan means what? Satan means what? So every time you want your prayer answered, there's an accuser who comes. Who says, no, 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 no. This one does not deserve this answer to this prayer because they did one, two, three. But God now is the judge. And in the court of heaven, there's somebody who's representing you. His name is Jesus. Say here. Say here. This is why every prayer that you present before God, you present it in the name of 
you present it in the name of when you represent when you present that prayer in the name of Jesus in heaven Jesus takes over that prayer and is the one who appears before God the bible says we have an intercessor with God who appears before God for us Jesus Christ does what appears say he appears say he appears now the word to appear is not a, it's not a, a spooky word Bible says Jesus appears before before God for us. To appear is not a spooky word. It's not like uh, you are not you are. What, what do I say? It's not kugutuka. Chup, something has appeared. It's not a spooky word where you are going somewhere and something the way you'd think you are walking and then somebody shoo they have appeared. No, the word to appear is a legal word. The only people who can appear for other people are lawyers. When a lawyer goes to court for you, the legal word for that is called what? Appearing. It doesn't mean he was not existing and now shoop, he is existing now. No, no, no. It's a legal word to mean to represent. So Jesus appears for us before the Father. It doesn't mean the Father is there and Jesus, I am here, I've appeared. No. It means it's a legal term. He's carrying our case before God. Say, understand. Say, understand. This week and next week, we'll see how do you execute your case before the judge of all the earth, and receive a favorable verdict. Prayer is not a religious term. When a lawyer is writing something, What a lawyer will bring before the judge is called a petition. What does a lawyer bring before a judge? A petition. Did you hear after election, we normally have our election petition. Why is it called a petition? Because it's written by lawyers and it's taken to a judge. So I understand. So when a lawyer writes something and brings it before God, before a judge, that thing is called a petition. And inside that petition, you have requests. You have what? Requests. You have several requests that is contained in this petition. Am I talking? Each of these requests are called what? Prayers. Even now, if you go to court, you find a petition, and the petition has several prayers. So prayer is not what you do in your closet. Prayer is a legal thing. Prayer is not only, what I'm saying is, prayer is not only found in church. The origin of prayer is courthouse. The origin of prayer is what? The origin of prayer is courthouse. 
So when you have a petition, you can have a petition, and inside that petition, there are several prayers. Only a judge can listen to a prayer. You cannot bring a prayer to your friend. Only a judge can listen to a prayer. If you have a legal background, you know what I'm saying is correct. Only a judge can listen to what? A prayer. And only an advocate of the bar can bring what? A prayer. The judges today, they are addressed as what? How does the lawyer address the judge? Why do you think so? Because that judge is sitting in the place of God. That's why you address them as my Lord. Judges, today, human beings, one lawyer addresses him as what? As, and they don't see anything wrong with it. So it is okay for a judge to be addressed as my Lord. But they are very angry with that other fellow who other people are addressing. It's okay for a heathen judge to be addressed as what? My Lord. Why? He's sitting in the place of God. So you understand. So prayer requires rigorous preparation. You don't just stumble into prayer. Ah, yeah, we have started. You must do what? Prepare. Say I must prepare to pray. If you understand you are going for a legal battle, you must prepare now. You must prepare to pray. In court, there are people there called witnesses. The word witness is not a religious word. It is a legal terminology. What is a witness? Hey. Who is a witness? The one who is giving, the one who is giving evidence, according to, for this case, the one who will stand there and say, I saw, I have been there, I've experienced it, I know about this matter. That person is called? Jesus said, what, was we, what, was, what must we be to him? Witnesses. We must go forward and give evidence of that which we have heard. That which we have seen, that which our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Say here. So a witness is not a religious person. It's a person who goes forth to give evidence of what is reality. It is us who have religious teeth. So we cannot be able to minister to people who are not religiously inclined. Because even as we are witnessing, we are being spooky. I've heard, he, 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 he. 
We are trying to look very religious when witnesses, witnessing is not a religious matter. It's simply giving evidence of what you have seen, what you have experienced, your experience concerning this matter. So if somebody asks you what, what do you, what do you know about this case of Jesus Christ? You give your, you become a witness of him. Say here. In court, evidence is presented. In court, what is presented? Good. As a believer, what is your evidence? Say faith. The Bible says faith is the evidence. The word evidence is not a religious word. It's a legal word. It means when somebody, when the courts of heaven require your evidence, you must place your faith on the table. When faith is placed on the table, the, victory, the Bible says the victory is yours. We say this is the, the victory, even our faith. So when you place faith on the table, you get automatic victory because faith is evidence to set you free. Say here. Say here. When you place your faith on the table, the devil has no answer because you have produced evidence. So when you come here, we preach the word of God to you. What does the word of God do to you? The word of God imparts faith in your spirit. And that faith, when you present it in prayer, is counted as evidence before the court of heaven. And you're set free. Say, understand. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things of the evidence of things not seen. So how do you gather this evidence? By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing? The word of God. So the more of the word of God you have in you, the greater your evidence you can produce in the day of trouble. When accusation is made against you in the heavenly courts, you must be ready with your evidence. If you don't have your evidence, you will lose the case. I must be ready with my evidence. I must be ready in season and out of season. So before you pray, you must prepare. So next week we'll be looking at accusations and how to present our case. One of the things that constitutes evidence 
is what we call legal precedence. Legal? Legal? What is legal precedence? Is a similar case like this one that has been handled by the same judge or a judge of the same level of court and verdict given in a certain manner. This is called legal? So you go to the Bible, because the Bible is the book of the law, is the heavenly constitution. You look at all the cases that are similar to yours. This is why people pray, Bungu wa Yakobo, vile ulimfanyia Yakobo, alipokutana na ndugu yake Isao, Isao alikuja kumuhua, Mungu wa Yakobo, ukamtetea Yakobo. Alipoenda kwa Labani Labani akamnyang'anya salari yake mara 10 akamswindo Huyu muindi ni Labani wangu Anajaribu kulinyang'anya yangu Mungu wa Yakobo what are you saying You are quoting a legal precedence You are saying there was a case that is like this one of mine There was a man who was working for a very hard man called Laban this man was called Jacob. And when it came time for payment, this Laban started changing terms. He started doing what? First he changed terms with the wife. Eh? Ah, The original payment was supposed to be a woman. Is that true? When it came the day of after seven years, <laughs> the man switched tables. But even Jacob how can you spend a whole night with a lady? And then you realize in the morning, what was I doing? The whole night. How dark was that room? What, what? I don't get it. It happened. The Bible says so. The man was blinded somehow. He didn't see anything. I said the following morning he realized he had been duped. I think it's a perfume. I think so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and <you> see, <laughs> anyway, the Bible says, apart from this swindling, Jacob was swindled of his salary ten times. When he was supposed to be paid, Mulikubaliana. 35,000. When it comes to payment, eh, umevuja glass, okay, 5,000 off. Umefanya nini, 2,000 off. You end up being paid 15. So you quote, you go to court. You give legal, say legal precedents. Legal precedents are accepted in law. Is that okay? They are accepted in law. They are quoted, they are called case study. Say case study. So you get a case. And if you can bring three or four of them, the Bible says the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. So when you can bring cases, case studies of how judges of similar court have judged these cases, you have tied the hand of this judge. He can now not judge in a different manner. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that fine? 
So this way, it is foolishness to go before God and you don't know the Bible. If you go before God and you are not prepared for prayer, what you will do before God is to try to make God sorry for you. So you try to make yourself pitiful. You think God will answer your prayer because you cried a lot. Or the amount of uh, makamasi coming out, God will look at this and say, Banange, okay, just give them, they are over crying. No. God is not moved by pity. God is moved by faith. God is moved by? God is moved by? Say, faith moves God. Not pity. Faith moves God. Not pity. Every court of every court must be moved. A judge does not wake up and decide by himself that there's something wrong here. I need to convene a case and help this person is being swindled. Even if a judge knows what is happening is wrong, there must be somebody who goes to court to move the court. The court cannot move what you call Suomoto. The court cannot move by it, him, itself. Am I talking? The court cannot move by itself. The court cannot make a decision because I have, we have seen something wrong there. The court is now deciding by itself. No. There must be somebody to complain. There must be somebody to show where the law is being broken. That's why if you don't pray, even though God knows something wrong is going on, you won't do anything about it. Because God is a judge. And he can't move by himself. A court cannot move by itself. Even now. You must go to court. Am I talking? Even if the judge is your neighbor, and the judge can see you are being uh, swindled, the judge will say, follow the court process. There's a process that will allow me to intervene. Not just by myself. Say understand. Say understand. Say understand. So prayer is what moves the hand of the court to intervene in your behalf. So when we call for a prayer meeting here and you don't appear, even though God can see your things going wrong, he's a judge, nothing can move. You must come here, enter the court of heaven, Present your case, produce evidence, and receive verdict. They are here. I'll be continuing this on, on Sunday. You must be here on Sunday because you're going to look at interesting things. Now, when you go to God in the courthouse, you present your evidence. You bring your witnesses. You win the case. The Bible says, the ancient of days sat down. This is the book of Daniel chapter 10. The courts were convened and the ancient of days sat down and the verdict was given in the favor of the saints. Now, I want to conclude this segment. We shall continue next week. 
When you go to court, what you receive really is not an answer to your prayer. You receive a court order. In court, you are not given answers. What are you given? Court order. The judge will give the verdict in your favor. You are the one to extract that verdict, get an order through it. It is, there's a second step that Christians miss. Daniel 7.22 says, Until the ancient of days came, and judgment was made in favor of the saints, most high. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. I give judgment in your favor tonight. I said I give judgment in your favor tonight. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Judgment shall be released in your favor. In the wonderful name of Jesus. So when you go to the courthouse of heaven. First of all. Your lawyer appears for you. That's why you must understand the name of Jesus. Is that okay? You must understand the name of? Because you pray in the name of? When you pray in the name of Jesus, in heaven it is Jesus who appears. Am I talking? But you must pray in the name of Jesus legally. What does that mean? You cannot say in the name of Jesus, then say something he didn't tell you to say. A thief cannot pray in the name of Jesus, I'm going to steal. I must not be caught. This prayer cannot be made in the name of Jesus because it is not part of what Jesus said. Your lawyer is there to give you instructions on what is possible and what is not possible within the law. They are here. So the name of Jesus is not a blank check to just say the name of Jesus for whatever nonsense you want. That is number one. Number two, you must have clean hands. You cannot come to the court. There's a maxim of law that says he who comes for equity, who comes to the court, must have himself clean hands. Am I talking? You can't go to the courts and your own hands are dirty. You are also a criminal. You must make sure my own part is clean before I go to look for justice. Am I talking? The Bible says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands. He whose hands are clean. So even this is in law. Your hands must be clean. Equity will favor those who go to court with clean hands. If you go to court with dirty hands, first they arrest you. You must clear your own part first before you accuse anybody else. This is why we do a lot of repentance before going into warfare. To make sure our own hands are clean. Who may ascend into the hill, Psalm 24? Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. So equity will favor those who have clean hands. You cannot go to equity and your hands are also dirty. 
Equity will favor those who know their rights. If you don't know your rights, it is not the job of the judge to teach you your rights. You must go find out what your rights are. Do you understand? So the Bible says, my people perish. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. They don't know their rights, so they are perishing. You must read, find out what are my rights concerning this case before you go to equity. The fact that you don't know your rights can make you lose a case. Judge knows this is, you should have come under this section, under this section. You are coming under the wrong section and you lose this case. Say, I understand. When you go before the judge, you get a court order. After, and you have the court orders, now you can be given enforcers. People who enforce court orders. In the heavenly places, they're called angels. They're called who? They're called who? But it is your duty to serve this court order to the enemy. If you don't serve the court order to the enemy, the enemy will remain in place even though you already have a court order. If you don't take the court order to the enemy, the enemy will continue oppressing you even though you have been to God and you have got a court order. So I want to conclude this segment by saying this. There are two kinds of prayer. One, the prayer you pray to God. The prayer you pray where? This prayer makes you be justified. The Bible says, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. This prayer justifies you. A verdict is given in your favor. You are justified. You are declared not guilty. You are justified. You have declared before God and you have been justified. So when you go before God, you receive the word of God. A rema word. Prayer, when people go before the king, it's not what they tell the king that is more important. It is what the king tells them. A lot of us go to tell God things, and when it is time for God to speak, we are already late. We have to rush somewhere. It is not what you tell God really that is important because God already knows what you need before you ask him. You're just presenting before him to complete the legal process. But it is what he tells you that will change things, not what you tell him. So a lot of prayer should be listening to God. We talk too much. After you have talked to God, one, allow him time also to talk to you. When you go for prayer, carry a notebook, carry something. That will allow you to note down what also God has told you in this prayer session. They are here. They are here. Now, what you get from God is what we call the Rema word of God. This is the verdict of the case you have presented. This is the court order that you will carry.
What do you do with the court order? You don't keep it in your house. You go to where the enemy is. Isaiah 43, 26 says, put me in remembrance. In other words, can you give your legal precedence? Eh? God is pretending like he's forgotten. He say, put me. Hey, good morning, everybody. You are boring me. Say, put me in remembrance. So God says, when you come, make me remember the case, bring case studies, bring case law. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou may be justified. So when you declare before God, God responds with, yes, you are justified. You are right in this thing. You have followed the law. You have got the correct case law. Verdict, favor. But it doesn't end there. A lot of Christians end here. It doesn't end here. They come out, I've prayed. I've received a word from the Lord. I have received. I'm okay. You have just received a court order. There must be a next step. This next step is presenting the court order to the enemy now. This is now not, be to, not praying to God. This is demanding of the enemy by virtue of the court order that he must leave your premises. The Bible says, if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart. Okay. If you're not doubting in your heart, that means you have what? How did you get this faith? How did you get this faith? We, the word of God is called by the rhema of God. So after you have gone into God's presence, you come out with faith. You come out with faith through the rhema word that you'll hear him speaking to you. Now, this is the rhema word that will allow you not to doubt when you are facing your mountain. If you don't have this rhema word, it doesn't matter which mountains you face, you will doubt. Say here. So you must spend time in God's presence. You must spend time praying before him. You must spend time releasing the case studies before him. After you have released, he will speak to you a rhema word. He will quicken a scripture in you. He will give direction. Now, when you have this rhema word, now you go with this rhema word, you are now justified. You go before your enemy. Now you have faith. You will not doubt in your heart. You say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And you don't doubt in your heart. You will see your mountain removed. I see every mountain living your way. In the precious name of Jesus. I see long-standing mountains being uprooted. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. In the precious name of Jesus. So when you see sick people come here. Do you see me say, oh God, heal this one? I never pray like this. Somebody has come. They have this pain everywhere, cancer, what? Do you see me kneel down, oh God, this one, this one? No. Why? I already finished that part. I don't come to the altar until that part is finished. So when I come here, it is the second part. I'm just seeing mountains I'm removing. Am I talking? This one is sick. Out! This one is not. In the name of Jesus, come out. This one is demon. Out. Why? I am already carrying the rema. This is when you are facing the mountain, it's not the time to go and see. No, no, no. You must have already finished that courthouse part. 
You must now have angels of God who are coming with you to enforce the court order. They are here. So a lot of brethren have piles and piles of court orders they have been gathering. But they have never served to the enemy. The court order concerning your family, we are serving it today. Concerning your finances, we are serving it today. Concerning your health, you are serving it today. Concerning that piece of land you have been contending for, we are serving it today. Concerning your promotion, we are serving it today. In the precious name of Jesus. I said in the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. When you serve the court order, it is the duty of angels to go and execute that court order and remove that squatter from your farm. No squatter shall live on your life again. Every squatter is served with notice right now. Vacate the farms of the people. Every illegal title deed is revoked in Jesus' name. In the precious name of Jesus. Let your life go free. You cannot do spiritual warfare without proper preparation. Next week, we want to go into the details of the courthouse. How do we present our petitions before God? How do we remove the resistance of the accuser? How do we collect our positive verdicts? Am I talking? Celebrate Jesus Christ. My sermon is over.